Amen, brother. I tell you what, who am I? I'm a child of God. If you're not a child of God, you can be today. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to John chapter 3. John chapter 3. While you're turning there, uh, yesterday uh, the pastor called me and he said, what are you doing? It was about 5 o'clock in the evening. He said, what are you doing? I said, I'm sitting on my horse. He said, what are you sitting on your horse for? He said, you're supposed to be in Oklahoma preaching for me tomorrow. And I said, well, I said, we went to a, I took my son to a roping this morning. We left at 8 o'clock in the morning. I said, I thought we'd be done by noon or 1. And I said, I'm still here. <laughs> we, we even got out of the second round yet. <laughs> he said, well, what time you think you're going to be there uh, tonight? I said, man, because y'all understand, I'm five and a half hours from y'all. And so at 5 o'clock, I'm still on my horse. We're in the second round. <laughs> he goes, I said, well, I don't know. I'm thinking maybe around midnight. Something like that, probably. He goes, all right. He said, you know, we rodeo. He said, I trust you. I understand. He said, I know you'll be there. Just be careful. I said, all right. So I get out of my, leave Weatherford about 730. And I'm headed up here. I'm coming through with Toka about 11 o'clock last night. And uh, I was talking to my wife on the phone. She's keeping me awake. And um, I said, honey, I don't know what's going on, but something's going down right now. The 18-wheeler in front of me started swaying back and forth like this. My car was all over the road. Stuff's flying across the road, just trash debris. I mean, like, this high. Like, I said, something's going on. Something's happening. And so she goes, well, okay, be careful. I think nothing about it. I get here. Dude tells me at first service over there that we were in a tornado watch last night. So I drove right through. If it wasn't a tornado, it was close to one. Because that stuff was flying. And that 18-wheeler that was driving 70 miles an hour, I was behind, all of a sudden, whoop, it went back to 50. And it was like pulling off the side of the road and stuff. So I didn't have a you know weather channel, nothing. So I'm just glad to be here. That's what I'm saying. So uh, good to see y'all. Uh, and it was in the first service. I was coming in the door. gentleman looked at me. He goes, do I know you? I said, I was here last summer. Or oh, I was here this past summer. He goes, oh, yeah, okay, I, I thought I knew you. So those of you who don't know me, uh, my name's Ronnie, and I have a wife named Jennifer, son named Jake, and um, they travel with me sometimes, and they'll go with me, and they couldn't come today because after church this morning, my son has a high school rodeo in Saginaw that he was going to, but they try to go with me when they can, you know, one-day deals or something like that. And they also try to go to the good stuff, like good places. Like I did a youth camp in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, a couple years. So my wife wants to go to the beach, you know. So she's like, I'm in on that. So I'm like, well, if I'm if I'm paying, because I got to pay for them to come, you know, to to something like that. So I got to pay for their plane tickets and stuff. So go online, get one of them discount airlines, you know. And my plane ticket was 180 bucks round trip from Dallas-Fort Worth to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. My wife and my son, I found them a round trip plane ticket, $45 each. Round trip. R- round trip. Dallas to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina and back. All right, wait. I see the wheels spinning. A lot of y'all are all fired up. I see them just going, oh, we can go to Caribbean for like 50 bucks. All right, before y'all get all excited, 
And y'all go home and get online and start buying these plane tickets on these discounted airlines. Y'all need to know how this thing went down. Okay? My plane ticket, 180 bucks. Wife's plane ticket, 45. My son's plane ticket, 45. Now, they got 45 because they flew home a day early. I had to stay there till Friday to preach Friday. Okay? So they came home on Thursday. They flew home with just backpacks. All right, I took home our suitcase that had all of our clothes from our whole family for the whole week at the beach in that suitcase. All right. So I get uh, on the deal, and y'all, y'all need to know this when y'all booking these plane tickets. If you want a seat where your knees don't touch your chin and you can recline back two inches, another 50 bucks. All right. If you want, all right, if you want to be able to get in line first to get on the plane first, you can put your overhead up there, your luggage and overhead, another six bucks. If you want shortcut through security, 15 bucks. If you, if you get to the airport and you forget to print your boarding pass and they have to print it for you, another 10 bucks each. Oh, I'm not done. Uh, Check a bag, 35 bucks. All right. You can get one carry on. You can take one carry on on the plane. But if it's over eight inches thick, which everything is, another 35 bucks. Oh, oh no, I'm not, we're not done. All right. So I'm taking the suitcase with everything in it, right? So I know I'm checking the bag. So I go online, pay 35 bucks, check my bag in. I get to the airport. Um, they take my suitcase. They put it on this little scale. I did not know. But apparently, only the FBI knows about these surcharges and the Secret Service agent. They're the only people that know there's some hidden charges. So if you, if your bag weighs over 30 pounds and under 50 pounds, that's another 35 bucks. Then you already paid already for the bag. So you're already paying 35. It's over 30 pounds, weighs under 50. That's another 35. If it weighs over 50 pounds and under 70 pounds, that's another 55 bucks. If your bag weighs over 70 pounds, one ounce, that's another $100 bill on top of that. Do you understand? It costs more for my suitcase to fly home than it did my wife and son combined the day before. Y'all, y'all get that? Yeah, hey, I get on the plane. Alright, I get on the plane. You want a bottle of water? Four bucks. You want a coffee this tall? Two bucks. Alright, so in order to fly through this little, you know, special thing, $45, $180 round trip, you gotta fly through Pittsburgh from Myrtle Beach, Pittsburgh to Dallas. I'm in Pittsburgh. I'm flying home by myself, alright? There is weather in Dallas. So we're sitting on the tarmac on the runway for an hour and a half. All right. As we're sitting there, and I'm thinking, you know, I don't know if I'm going to have enough money to get home. But as I'm sitting there on the tarmac for an hour and a half, I'm like, I got to go to the bathroom. But I'm thinking, I don't, I don't know if I can afford to go to the bathroom. Because I'm thinking, I can just see it now. I can just see, I can see going into the bathroom and they have like a little credit card slot for the toilet paper. Like you gotta slide your, your credit card in there and they charge you like a dollar a sheet. You know, just, 
I'm thinking a man could go bankrupt in that thing. You know, you know what I'm saying? So finally, finally I get home. But here's the deal. Here's what I realize. Discount airlines may promise you one thing online, and then when you get to the airport, they change it on you and they lie. God doesn't lie. And God doesn't do that to us. And here's what we can do. We can take this to the bank. There are hundreds of promises in the Bible. But there's the biggest promise of all that I want to, I want to talk to you about today. And that's the promise of salvation. That is that God loves you. He died on the cross for you. He wants a relationship with you. And He wants to forgive you of everything you've ever done and spend eternity with you forever. The greatest promise of all is found in John chapter 3 verse 16. And this is Jesus speaking and He says this. For God so loved the world that He gave His one only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for being a good God, for being a God that doesn't break his promises, that holds true to his word. You you do what you say you're going to do, and we love you, and we thank you, Father, for that. And, Father, there's a lot of folks in here that don't know you this morning. And I just pray, God, that you make your word crystal clear and that you draw them to yourself and that you change lives and put families back together, and perform miracles. We love you, and we praise you, and we thank you for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, before we get started, I want to make sure we're on the same page. So, I want to make sure that we all are on the same page about what the definition of the promise of salvation is. And that definition is this. It's being delivered from the righteous judgment of God. That's, that's what the promise of salvation is. It's being delivered from the righteous judgment of God. Now, why do I need to be delivered from God's righteous judgment? Why, why do I need to do that? Why, why do I need to have that? Why do I need to have this promise of salvation? It's because I'm a sinner. I've messed up. Why do you need this promise of salvation? Why do you need to be delivered from the righteous judgment of God? Because you've messed up. You're a sinner. The Bible says in Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All of us in here, we've all messed up. Everybody on this platform, everybody that's singing, everybody that's preaching, we've all, especially this singer right here, this one right here in this microphone, right here with that good, that joker, he's a sinner. Some of y'all look at like, is he serious? What's he doing? He know, listen, we, we know we're sinners. We've messed up. And so have you. We've all sinned. We've all messed up. Some of you going, but Ronnie, I'm not that bad. I'm really not. No, no, you really are. Because, listen, you know what the Bible says in Genesis 8, 21? It says, every inclination of the human heart is evil from childhood. How many of you parents know? you got rugrats sitting next to you. You know nobody had to teach them to sin, did they? They come out of the womb sinning. They started screaming right off the bat as soon as they come out. Don't, don't look at me like that, kids. Y'all, y'all are sinners. You know you are. Now listen, here's the thing. I know we got a lot of good people in here. But even I don't care how good you are, you've messed up. And Gallup Poll does this. Gallup Poll asks people living in the United States on a regular basis. If you were to die... Would you go to heaven? Now, unlike the election, elections 50-50 down the middle on everybody right here. 
unlike the election on the Gallup poll about going to heaven, when they ask everybody that, guess what everybody said? Yes, I'm going to go to heaven. When they ask them, why do you think you go to heaven? Do you know what the majority of people live in the United States say on a regular basis? I'm just as good as everybody else. That's the number one answer. I'm just as good as everybody else. But you know what? Your goodness is not the issue. It's your badness that's the issue. It's not the goodness part. It's, listen, I know we got good people in here. I mean, we're, we're in church. I mean, I know most of you people in here. If I was pulled over on the side of the road with a flat tire, most of y'all would stop and help me. I, <laughs> apparently not. <laughs> apparently not everybody would do that. I thought we're dealing with good people in here. I mean... Wouldn't somebody at least pull a phone out and call, like, let's get a record for the boy or something? He's got a flat towel on the side of the road. Don't want him to get run over and get killed. No, listen, the the issue is not your goodness. The issue is your badness. And listen, do you know what focusing on your goodness is like? Here's what how crazy it is to focus on your goodness. It's like this. It's like if I said, all right, hey, everybody, here's what we're going to do. We're all going to go to California. All right? We're going to get on the banks on the shores of California. I'm going to count to three, and we're all going to jump in the water, and we're going to swim to Hawaii. And we're going to swim to Hawaii without any food, water, life jacket, boat, nothing. We're just all going to swim to Hawaii. Y'all ready on three? One, two, three. Let's go. Now, is that possible? No. Everybody's going to die. Now, I tell you what. Hey, I will tell you what, listen, we could talk about how far, we could argue about how far some of y'all might get. Some of y'all might not get very far at all. Some of y'all can't even dog paddle, and y'all just do the tiptoe thing. Some of y'all might could bob good. You, you might could, like, bob and, like, keep, maybe even use a straw or something and just, like, and you could hang, hang just a little bit. Some of y'all can maybe swim. Trenton, you, you look like you can swim. No. You just like a rock, just poof, like that. But hey, but some people are good swimmers. That you know, we can even get Olympic swimmers. Olympic swimmers, they might can swim fifty miles offshore. They might maybe even hundred miles. But but here's the deal: the issue is not how good a swimmer you are, because you're going to die. We are all going to die. The issue is not how good a swimmer you are. The point is the distance is too great. It's impossible. Nobody could do it. And that's the same way it is with you arguing about your goodness with God. The, the issue is not how, how good you are, because you think you're good, but we're all sinners. And the distance between our sinful selves and a holy, perfect, righteous God is too great. And there's no way we can make that up. We, we cannot be good enough to get to heaven. And... I tell you this, I have like people that, you know, they come over to our house sometimes and stuff, uh, Jehovah Witnesses, Mormons, people like that. And there's a lot of people that run them off. I don't run them off. I bring them on in the house. I'm like, come on in. And we're going to sit down and we're going to talk. Because here's what we're going to do. Uh, I'm going to say to them, because, you know, they got a little stick that they get on. 
They got a little thing, program, they, they got to say, stuff they got to say. So I say, I said, hey, before we do all that, I said, let, let, me, let me ask you a question. Share with me your story. Tell me how your life was changed. How has your life changed being a Jehovah's Witness? Or how has your life changed being a Mormon? Or how has your life changed being a Muslim? Whatever it is. Tell me how it was changed. Do you know what they all do? Without fail. I don't care what cult. I don't care what religion. Without fail. Here's what they do. Uh, I started feeling bad about myself. So I started reading the Book of Mormon. I started feeling better. I I was feeling bad about myself. So I started knocking on doors. And going out, and I felt better about myself. And what, whatever the issue is, it's always, I started doing this. I started doing that. I felt better. And I said, hey, can I share my story now? They say, sure. So then I share my story of how I realized I was a sinner. I realized I was going to hell. But Jesus died on the cross for me, paid for my sins, so I don't have to go to hell. And I gave my life to him. He forgave me of my sins, changed me. And I said, do you see the difference between my story and your story? And then here's the deal. Bottom line, you ask any of them. You ask a Jehovah Witness, you ask a Mormon, you ask a Muslim, whoever. If you were to die, are you going to go to heaven? You know what they're going to say? I don't know. Why, why don't you know? Because they don't know if they were good enough to get to heaven. See, it's not based on me for, for my deal. It's based on what Jesus did, that he died on the cross to pay for my sins. See, because the Bible says in Romans 3.23, not only does it say we've all sinned, the Bible goes on and says in Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death. Because we've sinned, we deserve to die and spend eternity in hell. That's what we deserve because we've sinned against the holy God. Do, do, Do you know how simple this is? People try to make it complicated, this heaven, hell stuff. They're going, you know, spend eternity. They make it complicated. It's it's not complicated. It's very simple. You want me to tell you how simple it is? Verse, first John chapter five, verse 11. This is how simple it is. The Bible says, and this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life and this life is in his son. Whoever has the son has life. Whoever does not have the son of God does not have life. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the son of God so that you may know you have eternal life. You don't have to guess. You don't have to wish. You don't have to hope. You don't have to think. He says, you can know you have eternal life. It's that simple. So here, here it is. Either you have eternal life or you don't. Either you have a relationship with God or you don't. It's that simple. It's not complicated. And, and you can have it today. For those of you who don't know him, you can have a relationship. You say, well, how do I get it? Peter was preaching in Acts chapter 2, verse 37. And here's what he said. He said, when the people heard this, they were cut to the heart. And they said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children, and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. Do you realize you can have this promise of salvation Today, you can have a relationship with him. It's not something that you have to wonder about, think about, guess, hope. You can have it for sure today. And then not only is it for you, it's also for your kids. And your kids can have the same hope, same promise today. You say, well, Ronnie, I think there are a lot of ways to heaven. Uh, you know what Jesus said about that? 
Jesus said in John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. He said, the only way to heaven is through Christ. There is no other way. It's not by being good. It's not by being some denomination, some church, some religion. He said, it's through Jesus, period. That's the only way we can have eternal life. It's through Christ. Now, as hard as it is to believe, God did not provide a way for us to be saved because we deserved it. He did it even though we didn't deserve it. Romans 5, 8 says, but God demonstrates his love for us while we were still sinners. Christ died for us. Hey, let's just get real. Can we get real in here? Um, there's a bunch of you in here. Matter of fact, every single person in here, you got junk, you got stuff in your past that you've never told your spouse. That you've never told your best friend. You've never told them stuff that you've done, stuff that you've thought or thought about doing. You've never told anybody. And you don't want that junk out. You don't want that stuff out. Because if it, if it got out, you would be embarrassed and you wouldn't show your face in public ever again. Hey, guess what? The Bible says even that stuff you've done, God knew all about it and still loved you enough to die for your sins. That blows me away that he would do that for me. He would do that for you. That's how much he loves you. That, that's why he died on the cross for you. So you could have a relationship for all the stuff that nobody knows nothing about. Jesus died on the cross for all of those sins. Wow. You say, well, Ronnie, uh, how do I get it? What's that? How does that happen? Well, in just a minute, I'm going to give you an opportunity. Right where you're seated. If you've never gone all in with Jesus, never repented in, 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 of your sins like Peter was talking about doing, I'm, I'm going to pray a prayer in just a minute. It's not a magical prayer. Not bless the food. I'm talking about if you've never done this, you never said, God, I have messed up. I have sinned against you. Would you please forgive me of my sins? God, I turn from my sins, and I invite you into my life to be my boss, my Lord, my Savior, my best friend. If you've never done that before, and you would like to, I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that today. In the same way he saved me, changed me, forgave me of my sins, he'll do the same thing for you. You say, well, okay, so if I do this, can it be taken back? Can God say, no, here, here, I'm going to give you eternal life? Oh, no, I'm not. Uh, remember, I told you discount airlines lie. God doesn't. And here's what Jesus said. Jesus said, I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. God does not break his promises. Satan does. Other people do. You, maybe you've had people in your life that has broken promises. God doesn't. You say, well, okay, are you, are you sure about that? The Bible says in Romans eight thirty eight, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels nor demons, nor present nor future, nor any powers, neither height nor death, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Do you know that that means nothing can separate you from His love? You talk about a promise. You talk about a relief. 
Thank you, God, that you don't say something, take it back. Thank you, God, that you, you fulfill your promises. You say, when can I get it uh, today? 2 Corinthians 6, 2 says, today is the day of salvation. Not next week, not next month. You don't know. Listen, we got this thing, COVID, floating around. A lot of people running scared and all that kind of stuff. Man, I'm not. Me and my wife, we're not hiding in the, in the dark and all that kind of No, I'm not. If, if they had a bowl of corona, I'm not going to go and eat it. I'm just using that as a ridiculous illustration. I'm just saying I'm not doing stuff stupid, but I'm also, I'm not running in fear of it. But you know why? Because i got peace. No matter what happens, when I die, I'm spending eternity in heaven. So I'm not going to run around in fear about it. And, and you don't have to either. But not only that, it's not just COVID that could kill you. Anything. I was talking to the flag man yesterday at the roping. Listen, the, the flag man, I, I mean, I can't believe the stuff that this guy's gone through. When he was, he said when his son was five years old, he said he was backing out of his drive in his truck and ran over his own son and killed him. You talk about, and, and I said, man, dude, can I pray for you? Man, that's unbelievable what you had. He said, man, I'm not the only one in this arena that's gone through that. He said, there are three other men in this arena right now that have lost their sons. He said, you see that guy roping right there? He said, that guy right there, his son went uh, played uh, ball baseball for Cincinnati Reds, died of a drug overdose. He said, you see this guy right here behind us uh, with sunglasses on? He said, his son killed himself. Over and, I mean, I'm, I'm talking about stuff happening, people all around us hurting. Listen, you don't have to worry about You, you can know for sure today that you can have eternal life. You say, how? I'm going to show you through a true life story, something that really happened to illustrate what I'm talking about. In Southern California, there was a motorcycle police officer several years ago. And he was on his motorcycle. He was on his way to work. As he was going to work, he come to a four-way stop sign. He stopped the stop sign. A red truck come blowing through the four-way stop sign. Just ran it bigger than daylight and was going full throttle. So he turned his lights on, took off, siren took off after the red truck. He radioed it in even though he hadn't started work that day yet. Uh, he was you know, still on his way. He thought, I might as well go ahead and get this guy. So he tugged himself after him, thought, maybe this guy's just really late for work. He didn't know that that guy in that red truck had robbed an overnight grocery store. And in the front seat of his truck, that guy had a bag of money and the gun he used to rob that store. So the police officer pulls the guy over. <clears throat> he walks up to the truck, takes his sunglasses off, taps on the windshield. He said, uh, sir, uh, may I have your driver's license proof of registration, please? That was the last words he said. That guy took that gun put it to the police officer's chest, was two inches from his chest, pulled the trigger, shot him square in the chest, knocked him seven feet out in the road. A few seconds go by. Police officer sets up. The robber is freaking out. He sets up, stands up, dusts off the gravel on his uniform, Gains conscious, realizes what's going on, gets his wits about him, realizes what's happening, pulls his revolver out, fires two shots in the truck. First one goes through the windshield, shatters the windshield. Second one through the driver door, goes through the door, hits the robber in the leg. Robber screams out, give up, I give up, stop, don't shoot, don't shoot, I give up, don't, don't shoot no more, I give up. Throws his gun out the window. That police officer 
was saved because he was wearing a bulletproof vest made out of Kevlar. Kevlar is strong material that's very thin, and they put stack layer upon layer upon layer, and it stops bullets in an instant. Not two weeks later, in the same area of California, in Inglewood, California, another police officer by the name of Ray Hicks, he was 27 years old. He was going to serve a warrant uh, for a very well-known drug dealer in the area. He went to, he and his partner went to the door. And he was in an apartment complex. He bangs on the door, yells, police, police, open up, open up. And by the time he rears back to kick in the door, four slugs are shot through that door. And one of them hits him square in the chest, almost exactly where the officer two weeks before was hit. But as soon as he was hit, he looks up at his partner. He says, I'm hit. Goes to his knees falls over and with one minute he's dead police officer Ray Hicks was 27 years old he left a wife three kids and he left a bulletproof vest 60 feet away in the trunk of his car it's one thing for a police officer to say they believe in bulletproof vests it's another thing to make a commitment and put one on every single day. It's one thing for you to say you believe in Jesus, that he died on the cross, that he was buried, that he rose from the dead, that he was born of a virgin. It's one thing for you to say you believe in him. It's another thing to make a commitment and say I'm putting him on every single day. That's what I'm talking about. And if you've never made that commitment to say, I'm all in on Jesus, I want to commit my life to him for the rest of my life, I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that right now. And if you've never done that before, and you would like to, if you're willing to admit that you've sinned against God, you're willing to repent and turn from your sin and commit your life to him, to be your boss, your best friend for the rest of your life, then I'm going to give you an opportunity to pray that prayer right where you're seated and invite Christ to come to your life and let him forgive you and save you just like he did me. He'll do for you. And I'm going to ask, if you'll do me a favor, just two minutes. Nobody get up. Nobody leave. Not the band. Not ushers, deacons, nobody. Can you give me two minutes? Can we bow our heads and close our eyes, please? With heads bowed and eyes closed, you say, Ron, that's me. I don't have a relationship with Jesus. I, I don't know if I was to die, if I'd go to heaven. I'm, I'm like 80-20 or 50-50. I, I don't know. But I want to know. I want to be 100%. I want to know for sure that when I die, I'm going to spend eternity in heaven. I want to know for sure that my sins, my junk, it's forgiven. I want a relationship with him. If that's you, then I'm going to pray that prayer. And right where you're seated, you can pray with me, silently with me, to God, and invite him into your life to be your boss, Lord, and Savior. Pray this prayer if you've never done this before and invite him into your life. Pray this prayer. Dear God, I know I'm a sinner, and I know I've messed up. And I want to ask you to forgive me my sins. And I turn from my sins, and I invite you into my life to be my boss, my Lord, and my best friend. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. 
And thank you for saving me, Lord Jesus. Now, with heads bowed and eyes closed, no one's looking around. I'm not going to come to you and embarrass you. I'm not going to call you out. I don't believe in that. I just want to pray for you. If you're here this morning, you say, Ronnie, for the first time in my life, I prayed that prayer. I invited Christ to come to my life. I meant business. If you just prayed that prayer with me, would just those of you that prayed that prayer, would you just look up at me right now and let me catch your eyes? Okay. All right, anybody else in this side right here? You say, Ronnie, I prayed that prayer. I invited Christ to come to my life. Just look up. Let me catch your eyes. Say, Ron, that's me. I just prayed that prayer. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Got you right here. Anybody else? Say, Ron, that's me. Yes, sir. In the back. I prayed that prayer. I invited Jesus to come to my life. Yes, ma'am. Anyone else over here? Okay. Well, just those of you that prayed that prayer, just keep looking up just for a second. Everybody else's heads bowed and eyes closed. I just want to share something with you from God's Word. That's going to encourage you real quick. Just want you to know this. According to what the Bible says, if you just repent of your sins and say, yes, I repent of my sins, I invited Jesus to come to my life. If you just did that, the Bible says God has forgiven you of everything you've ever done. That's good news. And not only has he forgiven you, he's promised to come and live in you and he'll never leave you. I told you, a lot of people will let us down, break promises to us. God never does. So he will never leave you, never forsake you. You say, okay, so then what's that mean now? That means now you're a Christ follower. He's, and and, and we're brothers and sisters in Christ. Whether you like it or not, you're stuck with me from here on out. We're family. And all, all other brothers and sisters in Christ, you're, you're family with them as well. You say, okay, so what am I supposed to do now? Well, Jesus, the one who died on the cross for you, gave his life, his blood for you. He said in Matthew 10, 32 and 33, he said, if you confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father who's in heaven. He says, if you don't confess me before men, I will not confess you before my Father who's in heaven. You know what that means? That means it's imperative we take a stand for him. We're not to be ashamed of him. We're to let other people know. You say, well, how do I do that? What, what, what do I do? Here's your first opportunity. Here's what we're going to do. In just a second, we're going to stand all over this building with heads bowed and eyes closed. When we stand, I'm going to pray. When I say amen, Dave's going to lead us and sing. Matter of fact, Dave, would you go ahead and come on up? And are you, is the band coming as well? Just you? Okay. <clears throat> when we stand, I'm going to pray. When I say amen, I'm going to be right down here. And uh, Trenton, would you do me a favor? Would you? Trenton's going to be here as well. If you pray that prayer, you come to me, you come to Trenton, you say, what am what I going to do? We're just going to introduce you to a person called an encourager. They're going to take you to the side. They're going to pray with you. They're going to give you some material. And you say, what are we doing? You're just saying, I'm not ashamed. I, I just invited Christ to come to my life. I want people to know. I, I want Jesus to say, yes, that's one of mine. Because here's the deal. If you won't do it in here, you're not going to do it out there. It starts right here today. Yes, I am now a follower of Christ. We're going to celebrate with you. We're going to be excited. But nobody's going to stick a microphone in your face or nothing like that. We just want to pray with you. If you don't have a Bible, we won't get you a Bible because you start a spiritual journey with God today. We want to help you grow and get to know Him. Okay? So we stand. I pray. I say amen. He sings. You come on. Trenton will be right there. I'll be right here. If you prayed that prayer, you step out and come. And if you're an encourager, counselor, do we have any encourager counselors? Raise your hand if you're an encourager counselor. Got some in here? When I say amen, just come and stand on that front row right there, counselors. Thank you. Father, thank you for those that trust the Lord and Savior. I pray, God, you give them courage and boldness to take a stand for you right now. Bless their obedience, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As he sings, you come on. I'm right here. We're right here. Without Him I could do nothing.
Without him I'd surely fail Without him I would be drifting Like a ship without a sail Jesus oh Jesus do you know him today please don't turn him away oh Jesus my Jesus without him how lost I would be without him I would be dying without him I'd feel enslaved without him life would be worthless but with Jesus Thank God I'm saved. I want to ask if he just continued playing just for a second. Hey, there are a lot of you that prayed that prayer and looked up. Some of you didn't even look up, but you did. You prayed that you received Christ. Listen, this is nothing to be ashamed of. You know, first step after that, it's cake. It's easy. And, and I've been doing this a long time. And all different kinds of churches, all sizes, big, small, outside, inside. I have never, ever seeing somebody come forward and give the life to Christ and say, man, I wish I wouldn't have done that. Ne never seen that. Do you know what I've seen? Tears of joy, excitement, relief, peace, purpose, meaning. You can have that today. So, but I'm going to also tell you this. I don't sing a hundred, uh, have him up here all day singing till y'all come. I don't do that. My deal is, you mean business? Come on. You don't? Fine. Stay in your seat. It's a privilege. My king, he is not a beggar. He is a king. It is a privilege and an honor to come before him. Has everybody else that's done this, have they been scared to death? Oh, yeah. Everybody has. But isn't it worth it, everybody? Can I get an amen? All right. So here's what I want to do. This is the only way I know how to do this. I want to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes one more time. If nobody looks up at me, we're done. We'll shut it down. But there are people in here that I know you want peace. I know you want relief. You, you prayed to receive Christ. And so if that's you, you say, Ronnie, I am scared to death. Would you pray for me that I won't be scared? And Ronnie, would you also, would you just have him sing one more verse so I can take care of this today? I will be glad to do that for you. So if you want me to pray for you, and you want me to give you one more shot, with heads bowed and eyes closed, no one's looking. If you say, Ronnie, that's me. Would you pray for me and would you give me one more shot? Would you look up at me right now and let me catch your eyes? If nobody looks up, we're done. If that's you, God spoke to you, then look up, let me catch your eyes. Say, Ronnie, that's me. God's speaking to me. Would you give me one more shot? Would you pray for me? Father, for those that you're still dealing with, I pray, God, you give them boldness. 
to take away that fear. They'll say yes to you. Speak to them right now, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Why don't y'all be seated? You've already done announcements and offering and everything, huh? I had to do the offering over there at the last two churches, so uh, I didn't know how y'all normally end this thing. And he said, y'all have done announcements, so there you go. So uh, let's just vote and say amen, and we'll be done. <laughs> no, I, I don't know how y'all do that. So, so I'll, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll just pray, and then we'll be dismissed. How's that? Amen. And I will say one other thing. If, for whatever reason, you were scared to death, come right here. I'm going to be hanging out right down here. If you prayed that prayer, it's not too late. That's right. God's invitation is never over. So I'll be right here for you. All right, let's pray. Father, thank you for being good to us today. Thank you for us being able to come in the house of worship and worship. There, there are churches in California and other places that their government's trying to shut them down. I thank you, God. We had the freedom to, to meet. And uh, we love you and we worship you. And I just pray, Father, you protect this congregation from any uh, virus or anything. Uh, you bless them, take care of them in this financial hardship of the economic shutdown. And I pray, God, you uh, bless their families, give them peace. And for those that are stressed out about it, uh, Father, just give them peace in the midst of this. You're in charge. You're on your throne. Nothing has gotten out of control for you. And we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I'm right here if you want to come talk to me. Amen. For those of y'all that's going to help.